It's all very well talking about being real, showing up real, having authentic conversations online and offline, but hey, could we do with a few tips on how? Yes, we could. Hello, I'm Tricia Lewis. This is the Make It Real podcast, and I will be talking to very real people who've had very real experience, mistakes and everything, and they will be giving you those tips. So, stay tuned. So I am beyond excited because <laughs> not only have I got a fabulous guest, but I'm also sat in a in a studio. Um, so anyway, sorry, enough about my excitement. I'm at uh, the Podcast Labs in Bournemouth and sat opposite me here is the wonderful Erin. Oh, God, I haven't written down your surname. <laughs> I don't want to so, get it wrong. Wong Thomas. Thomas Wong. Thomas Wong. <laughs> Right, listeners, um, I would say take two, but this is called the Make It Real podcast, so we'll just carry on. Um, now, look, this is going to be an absolutely value-packed conversation because Erin is a business owner, dealing with business owners. She has so much experience. Um, we're going to struggle to to keep it to 30 minutes, but we're going to. And Erin is somebody who is not um, a stranger to having headphones on her head. She's been on radio a number of times, Radio 4, BBC Ulster. She's been featured in Forbes, honoured in the Houses of Parliament. But do you know what? She is such a straightforward, real person. So let's get on with it. Erin is a mentor, a speaker and a champion for mums in business. She's the founder of the Mumpreneur Collective. But you're going to need to know a little bit more, aren't you? So I'm going to hand over to Erin, who will not only tell you how the heck she got where she is today, but um, what what this is all about. Hi, Erin. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So um, my story is like a lot of women who um, have a professional career and then have children and realise how on earth am I going to balance that kind of lifestyle with um, being the mum that I want to be. So I used to work in television production as a production manager. I worked on programmes like Scrap Heap Challenge and Celebrity Wife Swap and things like that. Um, and yeah, I, I went on maternity leave with my first son 11 years ago and had visions of being an earth mother and, um, you know, being able to gaze into his eyes for the next year. And actually, I was in for a complete shock. I had a really traumatic birth. My milk didn't come in. I couldn't breastfeed. Um, and very quickly, I felt completely lost. I felt like my whole identity was someone who worked in TV. I used to love meeting people and they'd say, what do you do? And you say, I work in TV and their eyes would light up. And suddenly I was a mum, completely anxious, um, exhausted and, you know, yeah, didn't really know who I was anymore. So, um I realized that I needed to do something for myself, but I could not imagine going back into my job. So when my son was six months old, I had one of those light bulb moments of maybe I could start my own business. I didn't know anyone else who was doing that around me, like in my inner circle. Um, but I came across this franchise of a small, um, it's called Small Print Fingerprint Jewelry, where they teach you to, um, to make the jewelry yourself with children's fingerprints in and market it and sell it. So um, I was able to take voluntary redundancy and I bought the franchise with that money. 
my family thought I was crazy because I'm such a gregarious person. I love working in a team. And they were like, why would you want to go and work on your own? Like, you know, and I don't know. All I can say is it felt absolutely right at the time. And so there I was with a six month old baby starting my first ever business. Um, and it was a huge learning curve, but I absolutely loved it. And within the first year, I met another woman, Shelley, who was setting up an ethical toy shop. And we kept meeting each other at events and then complaining about how badly organized they were and they weren't marketed very well. And so we thought, well, let's do do it ourselves. So we set up Ealing Mums in Business and we ran events and also started realizing how many mums there were in West London who were like us and didn't have anyone to speak to about it, um, you know, a community. So that's what we created through Ealing Mums in Business. Then after another year or so, um, I had another great business idea to create um, venues for baby and toddler classes um, because there was lots going on, but it was all fragmented, like in church halls, you know, community centres. And I went to a really nice gastro pub in, in Ealing and said, you know, could we use the space in the morning when no one else is here and put classes on? So that was pitter patter. Um, things were going really, really well. In fact, Shelley and I got honoured in the Houses of Parliament for our work with Ealing Mums in Business. And then we had a massive life change and got the opportunity to go to Abu Dhabi. So we moved to Abu Dhabi. We had two kids by then and I felt completely um, isolated. You know, there I was thousands of miles away, completely different culture. And I realised that there were all these women out there as well who were like me, but didn't have any community. Um, and so I thought, right, I need to start a new business and I want it to be completely online so I can move. If I go back to England, then I can take my business with me and I can service a lot more people, you know, make it really scalable. So that's when the Mumpreneur Collective, which was then called Making Mumpreneurs, was born. We then um, really were not very happy in Abu Dhabi. That's a long story, but it wasn't right for us. So we moved back to the UK and moved to Bournemouth. Um, which was so entrepreneurial. I had no idea. So I loved it. At that time, I then set up an online shop as well with my mum. And that didn't really work out. We did it for a year. Um, but now my full time thing is the Mumpreneur Collective. And, um, you know, what I do is really support other women who are trying to build businesses around family life. Whoa, whoa, breathe. <laughs> no, do you know what? No, thank you for sharing that because what was clear, and I'm sure the listeners will pick this up, they might listen to it again actually, because that introduction, your story, is a classic example of how when you stay curious with challenges and all sorts, because that's frigging reality for you, um, when you stay open and curious and you you make the connections and you see the links and you network and meet people and collaborate great things happen and there will be some crappy stuff along the way of course there will be but ultimately it's got you not only to doing something that you love but it's got you to be able with all that experience to be so helpful to people who are going through similar stories but further back along the line i mean that's just that's just a fabulous story right okay so let's let's dig down having having got this this great start identity you mentioned identity so of course you you are dealing with loads and loads and loads of people 
And they're all going through a certain amount of identity crisis, as we all do from time to time when new things happen. So what what's, what's the kind of first steps to stop being drowned by all that anxiety of who am I? I think recognising that you're not alone in this and that I, I don't know many people that I've spoken to who haven't had this at some time in their lives. And I think becoming a parent is often a catalyst for realising that, you know, things need to change or that you're not quite as satisfied with, with your life as it is and, you know, all those kind of things. Um, and I think for the women in my community, I've just realised how powerful it is for them to hear each other's stories. Um, and um, I'm releasing a book this spring and... It's stories of these women in the Mumpreneur Collective who are sharing their experiences. And I've actually brought with me a couple of snippets from that of, of women talking about identity. Um, and a lot of these things are kind of common themes. Like, for example, Carly, who's an online business manager, says, you know, it took her a while to consider herself as a business owner. And, you know, she was really confident in her ability, but she'd never really kind of worked in the online space before. And she felt like she didn't have any qualifications to run a business. And I think that's the, that's the thing, you know, a lot of us have never been to university and learned about business. This is all starting from the ground up um, and feeling like, you know, an imposter. That's that's what we get a lot. Claire, who um, is on, on her fourth business now, which is Mindful Sips, she said suddenly, you know, being a one man band after working in a team for so long is a completely different thing. And she had an enormous amount of learning to do and really struggled to manage everything, which led to huge self-doubt. You know, who was she? What what was she able to do? Um, all those things. And then lastly, Jill, who works in PR and branding, she says that, you know, with with having this change in identity and starting a business, that her fear of failure was absolutely huge. And she felt everyone else in the freelance world had it nailed. They knew what they were doing and they were judging her. Mm. And I have had this come up so many times with mentoring clients, this feeling that everyone else knows who they are, knows what they want, has their passion. Like, And I just don't think that's true. I think it's quite... Um, quite unique these days for for people to feel so self-confident about themselves I think it's more likely that people have these kind of internal identity issues um but I just think it's I think when you realize that you're not alone it's easier to just keep working through them absolutely you you uh, you everything that I've said in since I started my business about just over three years ago echoes that entirely and people would have maybe looked at me and assumed that I was quite, I mean, I'm old, wise and all those things. And, you know, with the background as an actor, they'd all be thinking, oh, confident, confident person. I was a mess, an absolute mess. And it's a miracle that I've got to where I am now, um, growing now, because I could, I could have run away a thousand times because of all those weird feelings. And you get, you know, I was three o'clock in the morning looking at websites of other coaches and just thinking just because of some kind of visual layout, I'm, I'm saying to myself, oh, oh no, well, that, they're the proper ones, aren't they? And oh, look at my pathetic, oh no, it's so painful. But you're so right, the minute you start, you have to open up everybody. OK, because then you will get this magic, as Erin says, by realising that you're not alone. And it's such a and not only that, but the people that you then connect with on that level 
are the people that are great to connect with because they are, you know, name of this podcast, they are the, the real deal. Uh, yeah, I think I think finding your tribe is so important and finding like minded people and people that are going to lift you up rather than the people that, you know, make you question yourself. We all know who those people are. They're the drains in our lives. And um, I think sometimes you need to actively go out and try and find the people that are going to be your radiators. You know, I love that radiators. Yes. Go find your radiators. So and, and obviously these people. That, that you're that you're coming across they are driven individuals that's the other thing isn't absolutely it? and that's where you know the term mumpreneur that's where I really feel like I've got a responsibility to um bring back the very positive connotations about the word because there has been some kind of negativity around it in the last um you know year or so um but for me the women that I see in my community are driven and passionate and professional um these are not hobbies these are women building businesses um, that that work around their family. So it's about having it's being empowered to create a business that works for you, not against you. And presumably that was part of your answer when you were debating this. This is what you were on Women's Hour debating, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, because yeah, so people got all weirdy about this. I mean, I've heard people say, I've heard people on LinkedIn say, oh, mumpreneur, ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So... <laughs> you stood yeah. your ground, didn't yes. you, Erin? So I, so when I started four years ago, the, the term mumpreneur was simply a neat term to explain a mum in business. It was, you know, a mum entrepreneur. Um, and I was really shocked. It was over a year ago now. There was suddenly this article in the, in the BBC saying that um, the term mumpreneur was really patronising. And I was like, wow, okay. So then I started going into groups and asking people what they thought. And I had this, not my group, obviously, because the people that are coming into my group resonated with it. When I was going into other women in business groups, there was quite a lot of negativity of people saying that um, it was keeping women small, um, you know, that it was making it seem like they were running hobbies and all these kind of things. And I was so surprised that there was that um that backlash. And I was asked to go on um, BBC Radio for Woman's Hour to debate with Jo Fairley from Green and Blacks. Um, and, you know, her her feeling was she wasn't completely anti it, but it was that it wasn't a useful term. Now, my argument is that it is a useful term because it helps people find their community. So the people that have come to me, they resonate with the term mumpreneur. And, you know, my other argument is, is that this isn't just a woman who runs the business and happy to, happens to be a mum. A mumpreneur is someone who has made a very conscious decision to build a business that works around family life. So for many of the women in my community, becoming a mum has been a catalyst for this change. And they don't want to go back to their 60-hour-a-week job um, and what they don't want is to build a business that takes 60 hours a week. They want to build a business that works around family life where they're still earning great money and they're doing something they love. So it is it is a very kind of niche thing. It's not just that any woman with a child should be. I, I don't think people should be labeled anyway. It's what you yeah. identify with. Um But yeah, I think it's it's I was thinking about the whole community thing. And it's like, for example, if you identify as vegan, you might go online and look for vegan communities. Or if you have a dog, then you look for dog friendly communities. It's the same thing. It's it's not that I never introduce myself as hi, I'm Erin, I'm a mumpreneur. I say I'm a business owner, you know, yeah. but yeah. I know that these are the people that that I identify with. 
Makes complete sense to me. Have you ever been um, asked whether there could be dadpreneur? Well, yes, and my husband is one. My there husband has, um, and I've, I've, we've got a blog post about that that I share all the time because some people are really like, oh, what about dadpreneurs? And there's a group called the Parentpreneur um, Accelerator as well. So, you know, my husband made the decision to leave the corporate world because he was sick of missing out on the kids' upbringing. So he has started a business so that he can be at home more. And I think there are lots of men doing it. It's just the fact that there are more women. Um, who, so there are more women visibly who are um, starting businesses around family life. And really what we're talking about is the main carer. It's, it's the main yeah. carer. So whether that's the man or the woman um, building a business to work around family life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, when my kids were little, I went to mums and toddlers. You know, it was it was to be able to find kind of like minded people in so much as I knew they were all going to be, you know, sleep deprived and um, tearing the hair out and obviously adoring their babies forgot about that one but yeah <laughs> so, or you know all the breastfeeding stuff that you were talking about yeah. all these reality stuff and oh I cannot tell you the relief when I first because my first child didn't sleep until the night until he was four and, and he looked angelic when he went out he looked like an absolute angel and so everybody thought I was the one that was crazy um and Going to that first mums and toddlers and meeting somebody who became a lifelong friend and just being able to laugh and realise that I wasn't crazy and that it was bliss. And, it, and it, there's nothing patronising about saying, well, you always say there's something patronising about saying, I'm a mum. I mean, for goodness sake. Well, and this is what I think it comes down to. I yeah. think that we don't give being a mum enough respect in this country. And I think it's actually a cultural issue that... People are saying that the term mumpreneur is patronising because why on earth should it be patronising? Why should it be a bad thing that a mum wants to be there and pick her kids up from school? Why does that make her any less ambitious and professional than yeah. someone who is putting their kids in childcare and going off to work? I mean, it's fine. And, you know, and I, I still use childcare, you know, and I'm not saying anything against that. But I just think that I think there's something going on about the way people see women yeah. that want to be at home yeah. with their kids. Yeah. Um, but I was going to say as well, you know, I have had people over the years say, why are you just doing it for mums? You know, surely all women could benefit from what you do. Um, and and non-parents, non, uh, it is female only, mm. my community, um, but, you know, non-parents are absolutely welcome. It's just that I will be talking about the themes that, that are to do with, like we talked mm. about, the juggling of um, children and business, the mum guilt, the lack of confidence that you have after having a break when you've been on maternity leave, mm. all these kind of things. So, um, And I think it's actually really important to have a niche because mm. there are plenty of networking opportunities for women in business, but my niche is mums. Yeah, and interestingly, I was speaking to somebody only recently who's writing a book, um, incredibly capable coach, and... And she'd been working with a coach who had identified why she was procrastinating. Um, and it was partly to do with mum guilt um, because she's got young kids and she really thought she shouldn't be spending so much time doing her book um, and work and everything, really. Um, and so she had to work through that. It is a real thing. It mm. really is. And it's something that you know, once again, you have to surround yourself with people that get it. And I mean, one of my mentoring clients came to me after working with another coach who 
didn't have children and didn't understand the pressure she had with having four kids and trying to build a business. And she basically felt, unfortunately, like she was failing all the time with this coach because the coach was setting unrealistic expectations. And she said she came to me because she knew that I would get it. Mm. And that's what's really important. And in fact, in the Rose Review about female entrepreneurship, one of the challenges of women starting businesses was a lack of relatable mentors. So that's where I feel like my role and staying in this niche, you know, I get it. Um, yeah. Do you know what, you That is spot on because I recently, the last client I took on came to me. <coughs> she'd only seen me on LinkedIn um, I didn't know her at all. She's not local. <clears throat> and um, she she just said, I like your vibe. And and so what the lesson in this to the listeners is you must put your vibe or your tribe or your fascinations, opinions, interests, all the rest of it, you must put them out there because otherwise how are you going to get those people come in saying, oh, I think you're going to get it. Yeah. It's all about being brave and being visible. Yeah, exactly. And we we re and of course the cycle of this is that if imposter syndrome is niggling away at you and all that, you 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 don't do that enough. You you sort of magnolia yourself down. Mm -hmm. That's a weird expression. I don't know where that came from. You know what I mean. You you, you dampen your you down, yeah. and and then you. You're, and then people are also paranoid that they, they need to be appealing to everybody because otherwise they won't make the business work. You know, and that doesn't work either, does it? I think so. overwhelm, overwhelm yeah. is one of the key words that just comes back time and time again. And a lot of the overwhelm is what's going on people in people's heads about being paralyzed by comparatonitis and indecision um, because they're not trusting themselves because of all those things, all those negative thoughts that are going on. So, you know, with my... Um, cocoon business club not only do we help people with the the practical aspects and the training of running a business but also the the self-mastery you know the the getting over your inner critic and increasing your confidence and all those kind of things because it in the end it's your mindset that is going to determine whether you're successful in business or not yeah it all starts inside that fascinating brain of ours definitely you can you can do all sorts of little courses and things there's loads available online isn't there now and, and some people say oh there's no point in being a coach anymore because everyone can get everything for free online so wrong because if you're a good coach what you're doing is getting people in a very individual way and all of that sharing you just you can't do that when somebody's just sat there looking at a youtube video on how to do business and, and you <laughs> don't know who to trust and I love the term about falling into the Google rabbit hole you know this is you know you you're looking for free if you yes you can get you can learn quite a lot with free but you're not going to get the meat on the bones because most of the free stuff tells you why you need to do something but it doesn't necessarily tell you how and I think that's, you know, that's one of my aims with building the cocoon was about having a safe place where you know that you can trust the experts we have in there and trust the information that they're giving. And I think that saves you a hell of a lot of time from falling down the rabbit hole. <laughs> like that, falling into the Google, Google rabbit, rabbit hole. <laughs> which is exactly what I was doing at three o'clock in the morning a couple of years ago. And of course, if I'd had somebody to reach out to and say, can you take a look at my website does this what, what, what does this say to you you know and then get some absolutely straightforward practical rational objective feedback 
it would have stopped that ridiculous place that you go to when you go into these spirals of of irrational feelings yeah you know? and and it's not just about the expert advice as well it's about within a community you know it is amazing how much people want to help each other they want to support each other in fact this month um in the cocoon we've had a couple of members who've had a really really bad start to the year and they've been brave enough to post about it in the group and the support they've had has just been incredible and that's just to me shows the power of finding your your tribe and and knowing that you've got that backup yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. And I love the name, Cocoon. It just says all <laughs> sorts of lovely things. And um, so actually, you've got a special offer at the moment, haven't you, for this? Yes. So I offer a 10-day free trial for the Cocoon. Um, so you can come in and have a look at all the resources we've got in there and decide whether it's right for you. Um, so, yeah, if you look on the website, mumpreneurcollective.com forward slash Cocoon, you'll be able to find out lots more about it. And one of the first things we do is have a one-to-one -one call um, where I can get to know you and your business and then I'm able to put you right in the direction of the best resources for you so you can really hit the ground running. Fantastic. What do you what do your kids think of of you? What oh, do your kids think of you? That's a really weird question. You know what I mean. Do you know what? That is it is wonderful because they have always been very involved in my businesses. Mm. You know, right when I was doing the jewellery, um, I would have my little toddler with leaflets and he would want to go and speak to people and give them leaflets and stuff. Um, so my other son, when he was little, he he designed this whole thing from cardboard and I said, What is it? And he said, It's a leaflet rack, mummy, for your business. Um so yeah, I, I think and, and I just think it's so important to teach our children that they don't have to fit into a box you know they're pushed so young to choose a career path and I keep saying to them you can do whatever you want you know obviously they you know my eldest wants to be a YouTube influencer and I'm, I'm saying I think you need a backup plan there um, but you know I just I just think you know it's really empowering to for them to see that both me and their dad um, are both building businesses that fits around family life I couldn't agree with you more. And even even when the kids are older, so my 25-year-old son was down at the weekend from London. He's got a big city career going on. And I found, you know, we went for a walk down by the sea. And because I run my own business and because I've been through this journey and I'm continuously learning and evolving, even although I'm really old, um, he was, we were able to have conversations about things to do with business. And, and it was just, Fabulous. Whereas, you know, I might have been talking about, I don't know, what would I have been talking about otherwise? Well, actually, I can't think now. But so forget that. But for me, it's part of it is part of my identity. And I think that kids growing up around that do I get a lot of benefits, as you say. Mm. And I think the other thing to say as well is that you know, with the term mumpreneur, it's not only women with young children that are resonating with it. A lot of my paying members are women who have got older children who are even going off to university, but yet very much they want to be available for their children. They want to build mm. something that's flexible so that they can go and visit them at university and do whatever they need to do when they're having a hard time. Um, and so, yeah, it's not just, we're not just talking about young children here. You, you know, you're always a mum, aren't you? And, yes. and it's yes. about your priorities and it's about about wanting to build a business that's going to work and that you can put down when you need to and pick it back up when yes. you're ready to. Yes. And listeners, that doesn't make it a lesser business and it doesn't make you a lesser business person or person full stop. And I think that's like a huge message to bring out of this chat, which is which, of course, we could go on forever talking because there's so much stuff. Um, 
Oh, I hate asking things like top tips. But I mean, if if you were, if somebody at the moment was listening, thinking, well, one thing would be overwhelm, wouldn't it? They Imagine maybe they're quite just starting up this business. Maybe they're turning a hobby into a business. Maybe they've left corporate. Maybe they've had redundancy and they're starting something else. And before they get too far down any rabbit holes, what what, what are the tips to to prevent going down either Google rabbit holes or any rabbit holes inside their head or spirals or leaping off either in the wrong direction that doesn't suit them or running backwards to where they were into their comfort zone. Mm. I think um, definitely not feeling like you have to do it all on your own. Um, And I know that you know, obviously, when you're just starting out, you might not have any money at all to invest. But, um, you know, there are lots of things that you can places you can get support for low cost and stuff. But knowing where to find that support, knowing that you've got it on hand and not feeling like you have to struggle through on your own. Um, And, you know, for me, it was an absolute game changer when I took on um, a coach. Uh, And I, I waited for years and years to do that. And I wish I hadn't because having that one to one support was absolutely invaluable to keep pushing me through those comfort zones yeah and make sure and make sure it's the right coach and that doesn't mean to say that the wrong coach isn't I'm not saying somebody who doesn't know what they're doing but it is that vibe and that getting you and it is when you're new in business quite easy to find it hard to say uh, I don't think this is working because mm-hmm. you're sort of people please and think asking oh god that's really rude I can't do that and so like three months down the line you're still paying a coach that you don't feel is a good match. So, so listen to those, listen to those gut feelings, mm. um, you know, because they are often really, really sensible. Um, and and that's yeah. what you know. That's why as well, I created the cocoon for people that can't necessarily afford the one to one approach. It's a way of getting you know that low cost, mm. um, ongoing business support. Um, you know, and and yeah, it's. Yeah. I just think it's really, really important to not feel like you have to do everything on your own just because you might see yourself as a solopreneur. Um, there's lots of help out there and lots of support, but you just have to reach out and yeah. tell people that you need help. That's the message. That's the big message um, amongst all the other uh, valuable tips and the stories you've shared with us, Erin, which have been delightful. And how exciting that you've got a book coming out. Yes, Ooh. very exciting. And I know that that is no mean feat. I mean, we just sort of flip these things and say, oh, yeah, I've got a book coming out. But I'm sort of slightly on that journey further back. But it's a big deal, isn't it? It yeah. is a big deal. Yeah. yeah. And I, I was very much like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. It's happening. And at the moment I'm reaching that, oh my goodness me, I've got to do this, this and this and this before I can even move a step forward. But yeah. it's going to happen because I've decided it's going to happen. <laughs> and, you know, I've actually already got all of the stories. I've, I think I've got 30 stories from women in my community and they're all different and they're all inspirational. Some have made me cry um, and I can't wait to put mm. that all together and get it out there. Yeah, that, I mean, that is, well, you know, that is making it real but through the stories. Perfect. Yeah. That that sounds like an absolute must read. So thank you so much, Erin. Is there anything else that I haven't said that you'd like to share? Any, I mean, getting in touch with you <clears throat> is basically through the mum. What, what, what is the it? Mumpreneur Collective. Yeah. Um, also, it might be worth me shouting out about the Bournemouth Biz Beach Walk and Talk, which was set up by my husband, the dadpreneur, <laughs> Dominic. Um, so there's a Facebook group, the Bournemouth Biz Beach Walk and Talk. And we 
um, meet every other Friday outside Urban Reef um, down on the seafront and walk to Fisherman's Walk and back and that's completely free um, and also I have a free community called the Mumpreneur Collective group on Facebook um, and that's not just Dorset it's it's international but I'd love people to come and join me there. So whether you are here by the seaside or in Australia, you can in some way be connected with Erin and everything she does and all her community. So that's um, that's a no-brainer, really, isn't it? So thank you so much, Erin. This has been delightful. Thank you. Yes! Take action. Try this one small step. Find your tribe. Really get a vibe with a bunch of people. Don't do what you think you should do. Join groups because someone told you to. Make sure that you are in a group that is supportive and that shares openly. You know, like real people. Lot of fascinating stuff. You might need some show notes. So head over to trishalewis.com forward slash make it real podcast and subscribe because then you'll know when the next episode is available. I give you permission to go out and be real and enjoy it. Look forward to the next episode. Never be replaced. Never be replaced.